I was scared not to take the risk, but scared to put myself out there. Mm. I was living in like a, what they call like a fight or fight system. Yep. But then I went to Sydney. I remember I walked into that jujitsu place and the guy was some Brazilian guy he, with his accent. He was like, come, come tomorrow. I'll look after you. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I can't let this guy down now. So I went the next day and then that whole month I went, I was working out or doing jujitsu every day of the week. Mm. And that month just changed my life completely. I came back. License, job, found a partner who's not around anymore. We've spoken about this before, but like everything was just going for me. And I realized like life is amazing when I get out of my own way. And I needed that month. I needed that like, it took me three years to be like, all right, fuck, like I'm sick of it now. Like let's, let's get to work. Let's figure it out. And then that month just opened me up and here I am. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is The Hope Initiative, a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Hope Initiative. My name is Rin MacDonald, and thank you for joining me for episode 139 with George Vergakis. George and I have known each other for a few years now, but honestly, the acquaintance has been somewhat, I feel, short-lived in the sense that we haven't spent too much time together. However, I feel like I have a really good friendship with this young guy, and in this conversation... We delve into his nature, we talk journaling, people pleasing, uh, an interesting problem that he's had for a few years which he's now gotten over as well as relationships and finding inner peace. I see a lot of myself in George, at least a lot of my younger self in George and it's interesting hearing him talk about problems that he has now that are things that I know I had when I was in my early 20s. Obviously a little bit nuanced, but absolutely really appreciated this conversation with him and how much he shared so vulnerably. So thank you to George. I hope you all enjoy listening. And if you did, I'd love for you to share it with someone who you think might get some value out of it. All the links to the things we chatted about are in the show notes. And without further ado, here is George Vagakis. George Vajakis. Vagakis. Vagakis? Yeah. I've been saying it wrong Beautiful. the entire time. Not the whole time, but you've Did tried. I always say Vajakis? No, it's Vergakis. Vergakis. Yeah, Vergakis. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, George Vagakis. There we go. Beautiful. Welcome to the Hope Initiative. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, brother. Here in my house today. <laughs> yeah. We're recording. This has been, for me, I don't know, it feels like a few years in the making. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know what it feels like for you. A few years too long as well. It's been, what, three, four years since we first interacted with each other. Yeah. Do you remember how I came? Yeah, came I remember we, when we were at Bissell B the other day. Yeah. And you were you reminded me on D-Rock's Instagram post. That's right. I think it was Twitter, actually. Twitter, Instagram, one of them. I remember he was doing those like outreach things. Yeah. He was like, go in the comments and meet people. And I probably said some smart ass thing or something that was trying to be something I'm not. And you saw me and you were like, oh, this guy. I think you said I'm like a video editor from Melbourne. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's let's link up. And I wasn't and the rest is history. <laughs> we ended up doing some video edits from the company I was working for at yeah. the time. And we ended up not working together, but yeah. we kept in contact. This is like back in COVID. Yeah. What, three years ago now, almost four. Yeah. And we found our way back. We found our way back. Everything happens for a reason. Here we are. Yeah, man. I'm excited for this conversation already just in like our chat 
before starting yeah. recording this and yeah we caught up last month that you know for a run around the tan in melbourne and yeah. went to bissell b which you gratefully brought a couple yeah. bagels down demolished a few this morning a few already shout out to bissell b <laughs> but uh yeah I, I already feel like the energy that i got from yeah. that interaction that we had last month and now even just this i know we're gonna have a cool chat today yeah. so yeah very grateful to have you brother thank you bro i appreciate it thank you for having me no you're welcome so how i generally like to start these things yeah because it's in some cases with a stranger but certainly for people listening you know you aren't a super high profile individual yeah. i don't even think you're active on, no on socials, socials these no, days yeah no one really knows me apart from my family and my work which is cool yeah so i would love to know if you could start with your earliest memory as a as a child wherever it lands now in the moment and uh, bring us forward to to present day. But I'd like to challenge if you could limit it to maybe three to four minutes. Yeah. And I'll pick from there. So. Oh, the first thing, whenever people say childhood or people say like, when you were younger, I always just like instinctively go to, oh, I was overweight. I was fat. Because mm. I look at it now and it's like laughable. Not laughable, but it's like I look at it and it's like, you can just see the natural progression. Like it's easy to tell when someone's changed through their body or their face. It's harder to see when they change like, Mentally, totally. does that make sense? Totally. So I always go back to that. Yeah, I used to just, I grew up playing tennis. Just short, fat kid <laughs> playing tennis who then got tall, lost all the weight, kept playing tennis. Yeah. Lost himself along the way, found himself a few times and here I am, yeah. It's just a... That's it, don't even need the three minutes. The beauty of life, 30 <laughs> seconds is enough, I guess, yeah. So your first memories of being a young, fat kid, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to like... Ever since what, grade four, grade five, like I, I can show you photos after you can post some if you want. I was just like this fucking meatball, bro. Right. Can I swear? I can swear you. Yeah. You can swear. Yeah. It's like a meatball. <laughs> and I remember like year nine, it just like disappeared. And people were like, what'd you do? What'd you do? I was like, bro, I don't know. It just, just happened. You grew. Yeah. And throughout that whole journey, there was just ups and downs, like the mental side and the physical side. Mm. And yeah, now here I am, 22. Feel about 18 still. Yeah. Maturity-wise, child-wise. <laughs> and yeah, just learning and going through life. That's I like weird. it, man. I think there's parts of me that I see in you in a, in a way that probably sounds weird yeah. on the surface, but you've come in today with almost like a journal or a big notebook yeah. with thoughts. And have shared a little bit of that writing with me already. Yeah. But I remember when I was probably in my, it was, it was 2013, so it was 10 years ago. So Damn. I'm 30 now, so I was, would have been 20 at the time. Bro, how crazy is that? 2013 feels like it was yesterday. Bro, wild. <laughs> it's actually wild. <laughs> but I remember wanting to start a blog online yeah. and the blog was going to be about me and my love life. I was in a relationship <laughs> at the time and was just struggling figuring out my emotions around that. It ended up being a four-year relationship. I was yeah. maybe a year, maybe a year and a half to two years in it at that stage. Yeah. But was just, it was my first real relationship, was just struggling in certain areas. And even though like, I have a very good relationship with my parents and there were other people that I probably could have gone to, I f felt somewhat alone. And so yeah. writing was something that I thought would help. Now, I never ended up starting that blog. Yeah. 
but it's just interesting to see you so candidly, and you've got really nice handwriting, by Thank the way. You, bro. Thank Not you. that I'm directly <laughs> reading like it's upside down. But I, don't, I don't think it's good because I look at other people, like most of my friends, like for, especially females, like my sister as well. Like they just like the writing is just so like small and cursive. <laughs> it looks like elegant. I just got fat pieces of words on a piece of paper, but that's just how I get my thoughts out. No, it's good. But the the interesting thing is that that is something that seemingly comes so innate to you. Yeah. And when I was that age, it came innate to me, the wanting to share those thoughts, but yeah. I held it in. I held it in for so long and it's really only been through this process of podcasting that happened yeah. in my mid-20s, now into my 30s, that I've been able to express myself more openly, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. And for I think a lot of it's like, for me at least at the moment, I can be open, like with you, I can be open because I've known you for like years, it feels like... Obviously, we weren't connected for the whole time, but mm. when we reconnected, it's like nothing, like there wasn't an empty gap there. For me, it's like I write down my thoughts. Like you said, like you feel a little bit lonely, like stuff like that. But it just helps. It like it feels like someone's there with me mm. and it helps me open up. Even if I don't share it, it's like I'm talking to like a friend on the paper and it just like mm. it just opens up this like dialogue within and I just go on a tangent before I know it. At 1.29am on the 21st of the 7th, 2023, I've written three full pages in my journal and away wow. we go. You wrote that at 1.29am. Yeah. I love how you dated as I well. I dated, I time it. I don't need a time it because most of my thoughts come after midnight anyway. Uh, timing's cool though. <laughs> yeah. How long have you done that for? Oh, that's not my first journal. I've got a couple at home just, you know, mm. locked away. None of them are finished. For I sure. kind of just buy, I buy one, I write a bit, I stop it. I buy another one, write a bit. Yeah, I go through phases, and that's with everything I do. My whole life has just been phases. Yeah, I've never really been able to like stick to one thing, and I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing. It kind of works against me and for me, just depending on the you know the context. Yeah, when was the first time that you remember picking up a pen and and writing your thoughts on paper? Uh, I'd say twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah, I was in year twelve. Yeah, okay. and I didn't really, I didn't give a fuck about school. <laughs> You can probably tell. I didn't, like, <laughs> school is not my thing. I'm not a very, like, listen person, get told what to do, like, just memorise. Like, that's not me. Mm. Um, but that whole year, that whole 2019, year 12, I kind of used it just for me. Like, the school aside, I used that to kind of give me, like, the structure and the routine. Yep. And then I kind of discovered myself through that process. Like, I was journaling. I did the, um, I don't know if you remember, the Yes Theory, 100 Days of Sweat. Yeah. I did that for a hundred days, mixed with journaling, mixed with everything else, and um, yeah, it just like opened me up. Without nice. that, I would definitely wouldn't be here today. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Tell me more. Before that, I was just very like, I'm an emotional person. Mm. You can probably tell, but I wasn't very like aware of it at the time. Yep. So I would kind of just have these like turbulent I'd be like turbulence almost like up and down up and down and I didn't really know why mm. I couldn't really like find what the triggers were or how to fix it it was kind of like okay I wake up one day I'm good wake up one day I'm bad this thing happens I'm good this thing happens I'm bad whereas now I feel like I'm a lot more aware of both me as a person like reading the energy of other people and just being able to like see situations and 
realize that a lot of the things that happen or that I feel aren't my fault, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like people kind of put that on me. Yeah. And still sometimes it's like what we were telling before we started, it's like that seesaw effect. Yeah. Like I see that. <laughs> like people put things on me. Like I know a lot of it is not my own doing, my own thinking. But then sometimes it's like it just still like just groups me. Mm. Like it still consumes me. It's like the emotion takes over the mind, even yeah. though the mind knows right from wrong. Interesting. Yeah. It's just it's just fascinating because I have all these kind of what was the word you were saying? Epiphanies? Mm. It's like I see, I know, but emotion just takes over. Yeah. And the mind's just defeated. And did that happen well before you started that writing at the age of 18? Do you yeah, feel? for sure. And it was more so like the emotions took over the mind, but the mind didn't know what was right anyway. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, that's all I knew was just the turbulence, the emotions. And mm. the mind was just so weak that the good emotions would like be good and then the bad emotions would come and then it would just be like a seesaw. Yeah. But now, thank God, like I've put the work in, I've experienced things, I've taken the time to make the mind strong enough to be able to not withstand the emotions because like I just said, the emotions still take over sometimes, but to be able to recognise and then pull myself back out of that place. Mm. But yeah. It's important. It is important for sure. I think for me, a big part of my experiences that I have in life, it's recognising that I'm learning more about me and what makes me me. And it seems like you've been on that journey for at least four years when you put that pen to paper. Oh, for sure. But I feel like probably more, but it's like when you become aware of that, the awareness yeah. of being aware, rather than just floating through life, like you mentioned, and it's maybe not obvious to people listening, but not really loving school. Yeah. But tell me more about that, like... Year 12, yeah. you obviously went at all the way through to year 12, which a lot of people don't even do. Why was that if you didn't enjoy oh, school? I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, but I had that, um, how would I explain it? Remember that like that bathroom problem I had? Vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, so it's, it's fucking hard to explain to people that I still can't explain to this day. But basically one day I went to a, a soccer presentation and I just had this like burning sensation to go to the bathroom. And then I didn't have to go. But then from that moment on, that was in like 2018. From that moment on up until about recently, like nine months ago, I always just had this like feeling of like I had to go to the bathroom. Yep. So that was part of the reason why I stopped sports. I also stayed in school because mm -hmm. I was scared to venture out because I was like, I couldn't even go to the supermarket Wow. Like it was fucking like, it was bad. Yeah. So you, was, go, you need to go to the toilet, but then when you went. But I didn't have to go. Nothing. And it took me a while to realize it was all mental as well. Yeah. And that was the big thing for me. Because like I said, when I was younger as well, it's like the mind was weak. The emotions just kind of took over, like the good and the bad, the turbulence. Mm -hmm. The mind was weak in this context as well, because I didn't know what it was or why it was happening. So the emotions were just like, okay, I'm at home. Like I feel fine. I'm comfortable. But the moment I stepped outside, it was like, fuck. Like a storm just like hit me. Jeez. So that was really bad. And no one really understood it. Like I'd speak to people, like my family would try to help me. And no, like obviously like 
like they love me like they're trying to help they're trying to get the best out of me but I just felt so like like lost and also like stuck yeah because it felt like there was no way out like if I couldn't go to the supermarket how was I supposed to like go to a job for get a job like find a, a partner like get a license and I didn't get my license till I was 21 as well yeah and that was part of the reason because I didn't think I'd feel comfortable sitting in a, like a stranger's car like for an hour and a half yep. being stuck at a red light and feeling trapped mm. and that was a lot of it feeling like trapped feeling like oh there was no bathroom around or like I can't escape this so that took me a few years to get over but that going back to what you were asking that's why I kind of stayed in school mm. because it was like okay gave me the routine it gave me like okay I can go to school if I need to I can go to the bathroom which I did most periods Yeah, and then from there you found me and I was like, fuck, like, and that's when I was kind of reaching a point. I know like it's starting to piss me off and I know it's not real because if I can stay at home and feel absolutely fine and comfortable, why can't I go outside? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like we were talking and I was like, just say yes. And my dad was on to me as well. He's like, oh, you know, like accepted. It's a cool offer. Like blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, fine. So I did it. And I remember the first time I walked into that building, <laughs> that Skyrise building, I caught the tram there and everything. I was like walking up the lobby and I sat outside. And I remember I was so early. I was like half an hour early. And I waited for you and I walked in and I was like, the whole time I was just like tense. Really? Yeah. And then obviously COVID happened. So that kind of kept me trapped for another year and a half. Yeah. And the breaking point, I've kind of gone on a tangent here because you asked me about school, but anyway. Um, I remember the moment that it kind of switched for me was I went to, so my parents are split. They've been split for, I don't even know how long now, over a decade. Yep. And my dad lives in Sydney now. So I went to live with him for a month last year in 2022, in June. Because I was like, All right, well, I have nothing else going for me right now. Got nothing to lose. Like I got no commitments, like license, job friends like they've all gone to uni they've all got like you know yeah i've been stuck for how many years so i went to live with my dad for a month and that month has basically like changed like without that month i wouldn't be here right now it's yeah. just like <laughs> that's just how it is i remember i went there and i wanted to i've been wanting to do jujitsu for a while mm. like not now but like back then and i just hadn't done it because i just felt so scared i was like I'm not going to feel comfortable like on the mats. I'm not going to be able to walk in. I'm not going to be able to do this, do that. And I was stuck in that mindset for so long. Like every time someone would ask me to do something, my first thought was, okay, will I feel comfortable doing that? Is there a bathroom there? Because I was just like so fearful of anything happening. Yeah. And I was so like not, not knowledgeable, but I knew that thought and feeling was there. It was like, okay, it was like, okay, I need a, I didn't have protection. So that stopped me from doing a lot of things because I was scared not to take the risk, but scared to put myself out there. Mm. I was living in like a, what do they call it? Like a fight or fight system. Yep. But then I went to Sydney. I remember I walked into that jujitsu place and the guy was some Brazilian guy he, with his accent. He was like, come, come tomorrow. I'll look after you. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I can't let this guy down now. So I went the next day and then that whole month I went, I was working out or doing jiu-jitsu every day of the week. Mm. 
and that month just changed my life completely. I came back, license, job, found a partner who's not around anymore. We've spoken about this before, but like everything was just going for me and I realised like life is amazing when I get out of my own way. And I needed that month. I needed that like, it took me three years to be like, all right, fuck, like I'm sick of it now. Like let's let's get to work. Let's figure it out. And then that month just opened me up and here I am. That's yeah. awesome, man. What about that month do you feel changed? Really like the fundamental of who you were being because it seems like you stripped some things away and just yeah. became the George that you needed to be. But I find that a lot of people have probably gone through a period of that where they change environment and yeah. like changing your environment can be so vital to that. Yeah. But you go where somewhere, someplace you know no one really other than your old man. And then, yeah, you just yeah. immerse yourself in this new new day-to-day life. Honestly, I reckon like when I look at it, there's so many different factors it could have been. I feel like it was a, an accumulation of everything, but I was... The time I was there, I read The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle, everyone's, everyone, their dogs read that book because yeah. it works. I actually haven't read it. Okay, well. But for people maybe everyone who haven't. Listen. Apart from Rian. <laughs> but that book, like, I remember there was one section in like the first like 60 pages, 70 pages. It was like talking about the pain body. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like, feel it don't fight it like no it's the pain body kind of thing mm-hmm. and it just linked with me so well because it was like okay it's like the power of now for george vigarkis mm. it's like the book was written to me and that little thing just made me realize and gave me like a like i was saying before i was struggling to reason it and understand it it yeah. gave me like an understanding of what i was feeling so then it gave me like a blueprint to deal with it as well right so every time I walked to that place, I was like, it's my pain body. Like, I'm not that. Just accept it. Just feel it. And little by little, day by day, it would go away to the point where at the end, I did not feel it at all. So like when I first walked in there, I was like, I was fucking scared. Felt it for a lot of the first class, second class, third class, a little bit better. Fourth class, a little bit better. And then by the end of it, I just had no feeling at all. Like I walked in. And it was just comfort from the start. And I feel like a lot of that was the book. A lot of that was the jujitsu. A lot of that, like you said, was the environment as well. Because mm. so my dad kind of left me alone for a month. Yeah. Because he knew like why I was there. Yeah. And yeah, it was just like those three things together mixed with not having the pressure of, not necessarily the pressure of saying no or doing things, but not having the opportunity to. Because I was in Sydney, like all my friends are in Melbourne. Like I don't know, like you said, I don't know anyone apart from my dad. So when I was in Melbourne, it was like people would ask to do things or people would be like, let's do this, let's do that. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. Why aren't you doing this? Why don't you have a job? Why don't you have a license? Et cetera. And I, like I couldn't tell them the truth. I kept it private, like for most people. Yeah. Because most people just laugh at it and I'd laugh at it as well because I was like, bro, like I'm going through this, like every time I go, I feel like I'm going to fucking piss myself. Yeah. Like, bro, what do you mean? I was like, bro, I know it's the dumbest thing ever. So you told people? You I told people, not at the start. But at the at the start, I remember it was funny going back to it when it happened because I was at soccer presentation 
And the way it all links is just like crazy because the soccer presentation for the club was at the high school I went to mm. in the same assembly hall. It's just like the way it just worked out. But I, sat, I remember I sat in that bathroom for the whole 45 minutes while my whole team went up on stage. And everyone was like, where were you? I was like, oh, bro, like I felt so sick. Like I had to vomit, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was just taking the piss out of it the whole time. And then I remember I told the, the coach once, he's a good guy. I've spoke to him like over the years as well. I was like, you know the time I went to the bathroom, yeah, like I wasn't sick. I had this like feeling, this urge. He was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And then all the other boys on the team were like saying like what most people did, oh, that's the weirdest thing ever. Like what the fuck? Like blah, blah, blah. And it just gave me like not this pressure. It was it was good to talk about. Mm. But then once I'd leave that setting, once I'd leave that context and go back by myself, it wasn't as funny because it's like, fuck, well, I still have to live with it. Right. I still can't do anything. But going back to being in Sydney, it's like that pressure wasn't there. The expectation wasn't there. I didn't have to answer to people. I was just in my own bubble. I'd play. I'd wake up. The first thing I did was go straight to the gym or jujitsu. Get home, eat, play a little bit of Apex Legends for a bit, a little bit of PlayStation, <laughs> which I haven't played. Fuck, I didn't even have a PS5. I haven't played PlayStation in months. And then eat again, have a night gym session, read, maybe a little bit more Apex, sleep, rinse, repeat for a month. Yeah. Did the same thing, like routine. You didn't work at the time? No. Nah. And that was the whole thing. I felt like I was rushing myself a little bit. And the, speaking about the journal that I have now and the conversation I had with someone this morning, a lot of it is just do, to do with like rushing. Mm. Like I try to rush things, whether it be relationships or life or just anything in general. I was trying to push myself out of this place when I didn't know how to mm. and I was fighting it. And then until I read that book where it was like, don't fight it, just like accept it, let it be. Like that was like the seesaw effect. That was like my moment. Because before that, I'd been doing the exact opposite that I should have been doing. Yeah, right. Like I was fighting it and it was just becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And the moment I just let it go and let it be was when I just felt free. Yep. And that's just really like, yeah, it's just crazy to look at. And sometimes I look back and it's when I'm a little bit ungrateful or when I'm a little bit complacent. I'll look back and be like, fuck. Like, I'm sitting here doing a podcast now. <laughs> I couldn't even get my ass off the couch and get to the supermarket. Like, I couldn't even get a job. Couldn't even get a lot. Like, I couldn't do all this. Mm. Now I have a job. I work at Nike. I'm doing a podcast. I have a license. I'm able to go out and do things and live a life that I always wanted. And it's just so far from where I was that I need to sometimes take a step back and not rush and realize, like, okay look how far you come like just be patient it'll come yeah be patient but you got to put in the work which yeah. is something that i think and it's great that you were able to find that in that month space so well done man thank you well done on creating that for yourself thank you i think one thing that's like important that i take out of i guess what you've just said is really just not putting that pressure on yourself and just finding things that bring you joy. Yep. You know, even if it's something that I know a lot of people at various points maybe 
shame, which is like just fucking playing PlayStation. Yeah. I got so much enjoyment out of it up until recently. And I, I still enjoy a game here and there. But it's a pressure that I think, yeah, comes from, oh, well, if you're not, at least for men, I don't know what if it's like for women, but I feel like men probably play more than women. Yeah. In that <laughs> where, you know, I played FIFA, Call of Duty all the time yeah. when I was little. But having these things, you would go and do, you know, the jujitsu, play a bit of that and just have a day for you and then repeated that yeah. multiple times. It clearly brought you quite a bit of inner peace. Yeah. And this was last year, right? Yeah, this was almost over a year ago now, just a year and a month. Yep. And then you come back to Melbourne and all these things change. Yeah. So what do you put then the change down to? Like when you got back to Melbourne, what was your mindset like and what was life like for you at that time? I feel like it was not so much it changed when I came back to Melbourne, it was more so like a follow-on effect, like the momentum of it all. Yeah. It like carried over. And then I look at it now a little bit and I, and I look back and I see that it did die off to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like the momentum could only last for so long. But when it was alive and working, I came back and within two months, like I said, I got the license. And this is what I was saying earlier. I remember the driving instructor, because my friend gave me his contact. And he messaged me, he's like, hey, George, like, oh, someone's pulled out. I've got a, a lesson tomorrow. Do you want it? Oh, wow. And this was like I was saying, it was like, oh, I used to always like think, will I feel comfortable? Like, will I do this? Will I do that? Like, I needed to think about things. And the more I thought about it, the less likely I was to say yes. Yeah. So I read the message. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's do it. Mm. And it was locked in, bang. And that's one thing I started to realize. If I say yes without thinking, or not without thinking, but if I give my initial response, it doesn't give time for the emotion and the feeling to come in. Right. So I said yes straight away, bang. Uh, where I work at the moment, Nike. I've played tennis. Like I said, i played tennis my whole life. I'm wearing Nike shoes, Portugal kit right now. Like <laughs> everything I wear is Nike. I grew up wearing Nike on the tennis court. My dad went broke. I'm, yeah. wearing, I'm, wearing, no, I'm wearing Adidas right uh, now. We don't do three stripes. We don't do three stripes. <laughs> but my dad went broke buying Nike. Like, it's fucking... Yeah. It's the most spoiled little shit. Yeah. So I saw it. I was like, okay, done. Applied. And then within a week, interview, bang. And that I remember that interview. I was like, like a tomato, bro. I was like red. I was sweating. Like I was like, fuck. Because you got to remember, I was at home for four years. Yeah. Like I hadn't done anything. No social interaction. No, you know, no job. No nothing. So that's what I was joking to start at 22, feel 18. Like there's some truth behind it because... I feel like I missed out on a few years. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I was at home for so long. Everyone else was going away. Uni, relationships, jobs, like traveling. And I was just stuck in my mom's house. <laughs> but it took me to experience all that and to put myself out there to realize that I didn't miss out. It was just a part of my journey, if you will. Yep. That's like I was, I was listening to this thing the other day. It was like... I think it was Mark Tyson and someone. It was like life on life on life's terms, not our terms. Mm. And how everyone's like journey is just different. Yep. And now that I've looked looked back, like the current position of me now, I look back. I've got I I journaled it the other day. It's like a like a wheel. It's like my current experiences make me appreciate my past experiences because without my past experiences, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. 
but my past experiences open up new doors for new experiences, mm. which I'm living now. And it's like, without that time off, I could have gone down the wrong path or done something completely different and I wouldn't be here now. Yep. So it's like, I need to be able to appreciate, I need to be able to link it all and appreciate it. And I feel like you can't do that until you've gone ahead in time. Like in the moment, I felt so stuck and like lost. Mm. Now that I look back, I'm like almost grateful for it. And I can form like the dots and the connections as to like how it helped me, how it shaped me into who I am now. Love that. Yeah. Well done, man. Thank you. One thing that I think is something that people struggle with is finding like a purpose or vision for their life. I don't know if you ever have struggled with that or... Still do. Right. Well, the question was going to be around the idea of, yeah, when you were maybe in year 12 yeah. or even younger, what was the vision for your life? Did you have one? Do you have one? Like, what are you working? Do you feel on or is it more just a discovery, a path of trying to live as much in the moment and enjoy life now as opposed to future George? Yeah, I definitely, well... Like what, 99% of kids growing up, I wanted to be an athlete, obviously. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be, you know, the next superstar. But I feel like now, and it's a little bit like sometimes I get sidetracked or sometimes I have my off days and stuff where the purpose is kind of not evident or it's like I feel like I'm doing things with no like end result. Yeah. But at least in the last couple of months, I look at it as my like I look at my purpose as like the future need the future me needs me. Mm. So everything I do now, it's like if I don't do it now, the future me is gonna be behind a certain amount of years. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I still like I was talking to my friend the other day about it because I got pissed I got really like triggered one day and pissed off, like something happened. And I was like, fuck, like like I'm working, I'm working just to spend my money, like blah, blah, blah. Like I'm going, I'm doing these things. It's like, it just doesn't feel good sometimes. Like I wake up, rinse, repeat, do the same thing every day. Like what's the purpose? Yeah. And he was just telling me, he's like, you need to find your purpose. Like you need to like just do things you love. I was like, I do. But like, like I said, I've never been able to stick to one thing mm. for a long enough period of time to see it through. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like sometimes it works for me, sometimes it works against me. I've never been able to find something that I've stuck with long enough that it just consumes me, it gives me purpose enough and just drive to continue doing it mm. in order to see the results that I want. Mm. So that's what I struggle with sometimes in terms of the purpose, but a lot of it is the future me, like what do I want my future me to look like? What do I want my future life relationships to look like? Yeah. Okay, well, like you said, I can't just sit on my ass. Like you have to put the work in to change, to experience things. Sure. So work, get the money, get the opportunities, change your mindset, like learn things, mature, mm -hmm. and then the purpose will come from that. Right. So I don't have a, like a, a specific thing that I want to do. And we've spoken spoken about this before. Yeah. I have a lot of things I want to do. I haven't touched any of them yet. Yeah. And that's, again, the whole thing. All these ideas, all these things, never sticking at it. But there's so much I want to do. I feel like it's almost too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
like I give myself too many options that I end up just choosing none because it's just so scary to look at. Mm. So that needs to like, and I'm aware of it, but it needs, like I need to figure it out. <laughs> I, I really need to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the the battle that we all go through. People of all ages listen to this. I've spoken to people of all ages on this podcast, on this platform, and it's like a common thing is that at all ages we struggle with finding purpose for our days. And, you know, before this chat again, I mean, before we were officially recording, but earlier today, we were just talking about how when we're younger, or at least we both had this in common, so maybe, maybe not everyone experiences this, but just the idea of like being so unsure of yourself when you're younger and then putting on a front but really everyone you're trying to impress probably has those same fears and so if you were just like acting authentically and just like going oh this thing brings me fear or whatever the case may be you'd probably find that others would communicate that as well i'm smiling right now because i literally and we spoke about this earlier i literally wrote that down this morning like about the childhood, how the childhood kind of shapes you, like, who you are. Yeah. And a lot of the things I was doing was, like, I was pleasing other people. I was doing everything for other people. Mm. And then in the process, taking away everything from me. Yeah. And it was just, like, like what you just said there is so true because you do everything for other people. You try to please other people. But then if you actually, like, take a step back and look, like we've said so many times, we're more similar than we are different. Mm. But we all just think that like we have to try to change in order to either please other people or get what we want or reach a desired outcome. And it's just like the complete opposite. Totally. Like it's and this that's another problem that I have. Sometimes I fear losing things. Right. So I'll do what I know is not right in order to keep it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, doesn't really sound right. But like, well, what's an example of that? All right, so let me get comfortable. <laughs> I can talk about this for days. I I fear whether it be jobs or relationships or position, money, whatever it may be. I fear leaving it because I get scared. Will I be able to come back to it? Right. And I feel like a lot of that is to do with my history in the past of being at home for so long, the feeling I had not being able to do a lot of things. Yeah. So I get scared almost in a way of going back to that place Mm. because I know how bad it was and I just don't end up there. So whether it be cutting people out that I know aren't good for me or pursuing people that I want to pursue, new job opportunities, like whatever it may be, I get scared to leave where I am at the moment because it's like, say for example, like job. I don't want to work retail my whole life. Sure. Like I like my job. Like the people there are cool. Like I work at Nike. Like it's fun. Like it's fun. Yeah. But I don't want to work retail my whole life there. Totally. Like I feel like I'm smarter than that. I'm wiser than that. I have all these things I want to do. Like it's just natural progression. Sure. But I get scared in taking the opportunities because if I leave, I always think about the what if. What if I don't find people that, I get along with that Mm. I enjoy what if the work's not fun what if I go there for six months I hate it or they get rid of me or whatever yeah 
I'm back at square one. I try to go back to Nike. They're like, nah. The people that have already moved on, mm. the job's moved on. And at that point, it's like, I'm back to square one. Yeah. Like, I've, it feels like I've lost everything. And I know I haven't lost everything, but it's just like, that's, I'm very, what's the word? I wouldn't say I'm very negative because, mm. you know, I'm very like, Impulsive and positive and stuff like that. Totally. But when it comes to stuff like this, I just look at it in such a fearful way because of, like I said, where I came from. It's like it's just so scary to let go of things. Yeah. Just open up. What do you think the repercussions are if you don't give yourself that? If you were to project in 10, 20 years, have you thought about that much? No, I haven't. But now that you say that, it's just going to be the same feelings anyway of just being stuck. Mm. Because no one, if you stay in the same place for 30 years, like, no one likes doing that. Yeah. If it's not by choice. And I don't want to stay there by choice. Right. So, now that you've said that, it's a little bit, like, daunting. Well, a good prompt that I heard recently on a few, from a few different people is the idea of, like, what advice would your 80-year-old self give to you? Which is part of, like, a question that I ask people at the end of the episode but yeah. it's like if 80 year old self Hormozy said this you know Alex Hormozy yeah, yeah. he said this in a podcast recently with Danny Miranda incredible conversation and yeah it was like well get your 80 year old self to give you advice now because one thing that I've acknowledged and he says this but I've acknowledged this for a while is like I know that I feel like I give good advice to others yeah. but I can't take my own advice so I I have problems and if it was from someone else, I'd probably be able to go, oh, you need to do this, this and this. But then when I look at it, it's like, oh, I just don't do it. And I procrastinate and I have anxiety because I've procrastinated and delayed things and slowly my life goes in a direction that maybe if it was a few degrees the other way and I was a bit more disciplined or worked a bit harder, it would look a different way. You just said what I feel all the time. It's like, and a lot of it's to do with relationships for me, at least from what you just said. Sure. When I'm in something, like, I'm blinded. Mm. But if someone else put me in that same situation, sorry, if if someone else was in that same situation and I was looking at it, bang, 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 I'd pick every single little detail, red flag, like good or bad i'd see everything yeah but the moment i put myself in a situation the emotion takes over the mind and yeah all train of thought all like reasoning all all thinking is just gone even when i know the thinking even when i know what i need to do Mm. like what they're thinking what i'm thinking like the basis of the relationship or the work or whatever it is like it's just emotion just climbs all over the mind when we say when you say relationships you're speaking directly about romantic relationships or just Uh, relationships in general friendships relationships in general friendships like same thing i fear losing friendships so i hold on to a lot of things that i shouldn't yep because i don't want to be left alone yep and also I sometimes, not that I like talk to too many people, but I talk a lot to kind of make sure that I have 
like not options, but like to have that social interaction. Because mm. there's one thing about me, I can be alone, but I don't like to be alone. Sure. Like especially in summertime, I can go to the beach by myself, like every day. You look at my phone. I was at the beach every morning, <laughs> my book, my water, coconut water. I just sit there and just fucking read. Best feeling ever. But it's nice to have someone there. Yeah. So that's like the whole thing I go through is like being alone, but having someone, having the wrong people or being alone. It's like I was saying, like that seesaw effect is just, mm. it's just clouds me every day in all aspects, relationships, work, just life as a whole. So do you feel then that you keep toxic people around because you'd rather not be alone than have someone there, for example, at the beach? You'd rather have someone that maybe isn't a good person for you to hang out with for your mental health, but the fact that you're not alone outweighs that? Is that... Yes and no. Old me would say yes. I used to just talk to anyone I could. Yeah. New me, more mature me is a lot more aware is a lot more protective of my energy. Mm-hmm. And I st- not that I still don't do it, because obviously I still do it. Like, I'm very aware. But it's not to the same level as it was before. Yeah. So it's, I just need to find a balance. And I don't... It's weird, because I can talk to 150 people, but the moment I find one person, it's like... I cut everyone off. Yes. And I cannot find that balance. Even in not just relationships, just in everything. Sports, work, whatever. You name it, I've played every sport. <laughs> every single sport, you you name it, I've played it, I'm telling you. And I cannot find a balance. Like at the moment, I'm back in my tennis era. Yep. Like everyday tennis. In six months, I could be back to basketball. And then soccer. Like everything I do changes all the time. And I just cannot find the balance. And you're either all in on this one thing or just completely yeah. not talking to people. And that's or, the thing. It's like mm. I always go back to relationships because I feel like the relationships explains me the best out of all like scenarios, if that makes sense. Yep. I can go all in, but if I don't get energy back mm. or if I don't enjoy myself, like I just... I lose all sense of me. Yeah. And that applies to work as well. I can put it all in, but if I don't feel the purpose or if I don't see a reason why I'm doing it, I'll lose all sense of self. Like I'll give up. Yeah. Whether it be sports as well, I'll be enjoying it. The moment I lose a game or something happens or whatever, triggered, lose all sense of enjoyment. Right. And I feel like a lot of that is just through childhood and also the fear of, like I said, going back to where I was. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, one thing that we spoke about before recording as well was the fact that you give so much and you've talked about it now. Yeah. When you rocked up, you brought a couple of bagels, which was a nice surprise and something that, you know, we'd caught up a month or so ago. We went to get some bagels you brought some again today but it wasn't you trying to impress me or anything like that it was just like oh i'm hungry i'm going to see rin let's do this yeah 
you mentioned then another example of how you show up and just give so much of yourself in a relationship, but maybe that's not reciprocated. And you were just, I guess, trying to think through that. And something that I've acknowledged in myself over the years in similar ways is showing up quite consistently at a high level, I feel. But then when it's not reciprocated, you devalue yourself. You can pull back. But I think something that I've come to learn through just the act of of that, of, of doing, is continuously showing up yeah but then if it's not reciprocated knowing maybe sooner when it is not to pull away but when to communicate yeah clearer what you need and what you want and i have that problem so much is because i can't pull away because or i can pull away but i pull away when it's too late because i fear losing that right and then when i eventually either speak up or try pull away, it's almost too late to the point where I've either done too much and I lose it, or I've put someone else first or given my energy so much and not gotten anything back to the point where it's like I I break down and I feel defeated and then I need like a week, a month, six months, whatever, to recharge my energy. Yep. And it's just like I cannot find the balance at all hmm. in that situation there yeah it's like all in or all out and i rush everything it's like i'll have a good month and then okay my money's up i'm happy like i'm i'm doing everything okay bang step two find partner step three married kids step four house step five die i try to squash all that into a three-month window <laughs> And it's like, it just, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But do you think it's like, what do you think is the best way to go about it? Is it to change that innate ability or is it to just regulate yourself in a way that you then communicate your needs and maybe slow it down a little bit? I think a lot of it comes from experience because I haven't had that much. Like, yeah, I'm 22, but like I said, only the last six months, 12 months I've been properly living and a lot of it I feel like is just learning as I go like it's all right to be aware of it and like you've said before and I know I'm a very aware person sometimes I feel like it's used against me though because I overanalyze everything when I don't need to and I don't let things flow naturally because I try to rush it yeah and then that bites me in the ass as well but I feel like the more I experience things, the more I kind of learn about me, about the people that I'm with, about their their ways, my ways, compromising, stuff like that, it'll become a lot easier. Mm. But at the moment, it's just, it's hard because I'm, I see it and I try to work on it, but I still hold on, and I've done it my whole life, I hold on to things, hold on to things, and then it just breaks and it's like... What do you mean, hold on to things? Whether it be feelings or emotions or like whatever it may be, I'll just hold on to things. Yeah. Or the job or the relationship, whatever. I hold on, it comes out, and then it's just mayhem. Yep. For myself or for the other people. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think 
it's good self-awareness that you know that at the age of 22 that's almost as hard as then doing the thing and it comes back to what we were saying of the idea of around we could give advice to someone else but then not to ourselves yeah. it's interesting that we probably both experienced that yeah. i feel like i'm a little bit better at it than i was i'm not yeah. saying better at it than you i'm saying that compared to me 10 years ago you know but it's i think an ongoing thing and the and fact that no go on sorry no it's fine the, f- the fact that you acknowledge that now is a huge part of it at 22 the challenge will always be to yeah. be aware enough to see those blind spots and to see parts you need to improve and then the next part of that challenge is obviously doing the thing is taking your own advice and what you just said is so true it's an ongoing process right and i get complacent sometimes it's like I get into a good place and it's like, oh, like I've done it. Like, let's go. Like, and then when you get complacent is when shit hits the fan. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, well, time to work my way back up. And then I get there and then I get complacent again. It's like, well, back down. Yeah. That's the whole turbulence I was speaking of. Everything is just turbulence for me. Yeah. So going back to the question around the vision and what you ultimately want in your life, would it be fair to say that, like a relationship, marriage, family is a pretty important thing to you? Uh, yes, but then I always find myself going back to, I don't really know what I want. Yep. And a lot of that's the chopping and changing of what I've done since I was born. Mm-hmm. Can't stick with one thing. So I say I want something or I feel I want something until I have it. Like, I don't know. Yep. And I feel like it's that old that saying, what is it? It's like... You always want what you can't have. Right. So I want, like, even when I was doing absolutely nothing, I want a job, like, I want to live my life, I want to get my licence, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes now I'm, I'm filling up petrol twice a week, I'm spending $200 on petrol. It's like, fuck, like, do I want a car? Like, take me back. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to spend this money. Like, I'm driving to work, it's like 50-minute drive, it's traffic. I don't want to fucking sit in the car, no, go home. It's like you always want what you can't have, but I look back and I look at it, it's like, okay, well, I do want it. It's just those days where my emotions take over the mind Mm. and I just need to be able to like take a step back, be aware of it and just let it be. And I saw, I don't have social media, but I have TikTok (laughs) and I want, I fucking, I love that thing. (laughs) And I was reading this, it was like a slideshow about a storm, how like a storm comes and you sit inside, put a blanket on, like put the heater on, read a book, like eat your food, whatever, and it passes in a few days. And life is like a storm, but we treat it like it's like four seasons. Like the storm is 365 days. And I definitely do that. One moment comes and it's like, okay, the storm's here for the rest of my life. And I overvalue, I overvalue the bad and undervalue the good. Mm. And it comes to fuck me up sometimes. Right. Because I lose, I lose sight of what matters. So I overvalue the bad and then I get upset or I get triggered at certain things and then that just causes more problems. And then until those problems arise or I'm, like it takes for the problems to arise for me to take a backward step and be like, fuck, 
know this person was actually doing a lot for me. This person actually cared. No, yeah. work is actually good. This is actually good for you. But it takes like the mayhem to kind of open me up. Totally. Really weird. I hear you. It's hard as well. It's hard. Yeah. Because it's always been like that. It's like I know no better. <laughs> and it's like I keep myself in this same pattern as well because it's probably like dark, but like somewhere inside me, I probably enjoy it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to get that out. Yeah. What have you found the things that bring you peace? I need to be out of the house. Being out of the house, being with people, the right people. Yep. Just having someone that cares for me as much as I care for people. Yeah. I feel like that's a big part of it. Like I, we spoke about it briefly. I've given food out to people and stuff like that. There's one guy, Shane Carter. He's a good man. Like, when I see him, I give I, I give the guy food. Like, I spend some time with him. Like, he does drawings and stuff on the street. Yeah. Like, it just gives me a sense of, like, calmness. Yeah. Because he's not wanting anything. I'm not wanting anything. It's just the purest form of connection. Yeah. And that just gives me so much peace because he doesn't know anything about me apart from what he sees. And I don't know anything about him apart from what he says, like what he says. Yeah. And it's just like very freeing to know that that's still out there. Mm. And then I go back, I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and it's like, okay, back to mayhem. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. A little bit is probably, it's probably a bad thing. Codependency. I like having people around. I feel like the right people calm me down. Yep. If I don't have someone around, I tend to get lost in my ways a little bit. Yep. Um, which is like, again, I'm aware of it, but how do I like, combat that? How do I work on it? Yeah. And like I said, I get complacent sometimes to the point where it's, I give up and then all of a sudden I'm here with it and it's like, fuck. <laughs> like, now I've got to work on it again. Yep. What else brings me peace? I could say so many things, but the same things that bring me peace bring me anger, make me upset. Like what? Tennis. Yeah. Like <laughs> tennis, people. Just everything I do, it brings me, sometimes it brings me peace, sometimes it brings me anger. And I need to figure out why, because I know it's not the actual activities that are doing that. Mm. It's external triggers and things that are placed on me that I overvalue or that just triggers something inside me that then causes it to come out in that setting. Yep. So again, it's just hard because I'm still trying to work out why. Yeah. Well, maybe a better question isn't what brings you peace, but it's what, what brings you contentment. I don't know if that's better, but that's another way of looking at it. It's like maybe you don't have to have peace. 24-7. Yeah. It's like the idea of like constantly seeking happiness. The hedonistic treadmill of life. Have you heard of that? Yeah, saying? yeah. I haven't heard that treadmill? one. But I've heard Kevin, I heard something Kevin Durant was saying. He's like, don't get too high, don't get too low. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea that hedonistic treadmill, hedonism is this idea of like constant pleasure. Yeah. 
you just like everything's great constantly eating whatever you want drinking whatever you want around people that only ever like like feed your ego in a way is my understanding of it so if you just are constantly seeking that then you as soon as maybe run into a relationship that is hard and challenging you break up with that girl and you go and find the next one to experience that honeymoon period again yeah that's an example of it in a relationship so it's no way to live and that wouldn't bring you in a peace in the long run yeah so for me i really try to think of like what is the long-term thing here that i can that i can look to now that now that you've said that like it just got me thinking like like leaving one relationship or one thing and moving on i've never really done that i've never resorted to like the quick like dopamine hits or like the like all the stuff that most people do like yeah i've always no matter how bad something's got or how much my emotion takes over my mind like as close as it gets to like what would you say is like the alcohol the drugs like the the going out like new piece new person every day blah blah, blah. yeah like i get one centimeter off that level <laughs> and it's like my mind just pushes back really like I've never been drawn to any of that stuff and it's again it's a good thing and a bad thing because it's like okay well if the mind's strong enough to push away all those pleasures and what do you call them bad experiences if you will yep why is it not strong enough to fucking push it at the top yep it's like I have to come all the way down to this level before it says no like get your ass back up right and it's like just why does that make sense? It does. Like I have, like like I was saying, when I came back from Sydney, licensed job, partner, that partner didn't work out. Got my best friend anyway. But it took me like down to here before I was like, okay, bang, bounce back up. Yeah. And then after six months, like I was, I was thriving, I was doing well. And now again, the last few weeks, like slowly back down slowly back down mm. today bounce back up yeah and it's like fuck like just stay at that level bro just stay at that level and again i feel like a lot of it's fear because i compare myself to where i was in sydney everything was going like bang 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 mm-hmm. and i feel like that's because it was like you know how people say when you're trying to lose weight it's easier for heavy people to lose weight because I have more weight to lose. Sure. That's what it feels like sometimes. I was at rock bottom, so it was so easy for me to come up right. to that level. But now to go up from this level to that level, it's so much harder. Yep. So I end up dropping sometimes before I go back up. Yep. So it's just like being able to stay at that neutral level, like you said, the what was the thing you just said about happiness? Yeah, well, not constantly trying yeah, to seek it. Not maybe. constantly trying to seek it is like just being able to float and flow through all the ups and downs and the peaks. Yep. Without comparing or fearing of going back to the past, because mm. the moment I reach, it's like a like a flat line. I go up, it's like yeah, I can go up. The moment I drop down, it's like fuck, like don't don't you dare go back down there. Mm. It's a challenge, bro. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hard, man. It's hard. Where do you feel the pressure comes from? I'm very hard on myself. I feel like the pressure as well, 
isn't placed on me directly, but through my past like experiences and circumstances, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just stuck with me. Yep. Like we're talking about a little bit, trying to please people, doing things for people, ignoring my own like feelings, invalidating myself. Yep. I feel like it's just a combination of all of that that just makes me the way I am. Right. Negative self-talk on tennis court. <laughs> yep. You really feel like it comes from you, not necessarily much externally? I think that in the moment, but do I believe it? No. I feel like majority of it is external, but it doesn't really matter where it comes from if I can't actively combat it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I know, and like we were speaking about, I'm aware, I'm a pretty positive person, mm-hmm. like I'm switched on, I'm smart. I know that everything is a reflection of both what I feel inside and what other people are feeling that they reflect onto me. Yep. But for some reason, I see it as true. I give it so much weight that it just becomes a part of me. Yep. And then I live with that experience and have to deal with it. Sure. And then, yeah, it just makes it the dumps harder for me. Makes it hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Makes it really hard. Yeah, I... I guess I'm curious about all of these things and no doubt others would have experienced something similar. Yeah. And that was one thing, again, that we were talking about before this and we've sort of touched on it at times is the idea that if you are able to just communicate more and share more about yourself, you'll find that others resonate because they too have gone through something similar. Yeah. And that's why to sort of bring it back I see a lot of my younger self in you is that when I was going through that first relationship, I didn't feel like I had an outlet. Yeah. The fact that I could write and even though I didn't end up creating that blog, the idea that I could really brought me some solace and I eventually was able to work through that. Yeah. Time is a big thing, right? Sometimes you've just got to go through these things. Not rush it. Yeah. And really experience it. You know, something you said before, which I actually don't agree with, is the idea, I think you quoted Kevin Durant, and I don't know the full context, maybe we could go into it more, but the idea of like, don't get too high, don't get too low. Well, like the beauty of allowing yourself to feel some real negative emotions is that you're fucking, you're alive. Like you experience love you experience heartbreak if it goes through a breakup or the fact that you could see yourself marrying this girl, whatever it is, or, you know, any of your past relationships, if you could see that in a short period of time, I think that's pretty cool. And, like, if that's who you are innately, you shouldn't try to change that, in my opinion. The only reason I try – and now that you've said that, I kind of agree with you a little bit as well. It's like you can't experience the good without the bad. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't know how – what the good feels like if you didn't know how bad the low was. Yeah. But, but if you just have that feeling yeah. of like, oh, I'd love to have kids with this person after a short period of time, like that's cool. There's some people who probably never experienced that, bro. Yeah. That's why I feel like sometimes it works for me, sometimes it works against me. Totally. I can see how it could feel sabotaging yeah. in some I ways. wouldn't want to change like anything about me because I like who I am. Like deep down, I know, like, like I said, when I reach that level, it's like, I like who I am. Mm. Like I wouldn't want to change anything. But it's just sometimes, like, it's just feeling too much or feeling nothing at all. Mm. It's like, which one do you want? 
And like you said, things take time. I feel like when you look at it in the short term, it's better to feel nothing or that's what you want. Really? Or at least that's what, like now that we're talking sitting here, yeah. in the short term, I feel like it's you like, you just want everything to stop. Okay. Like you don't want to feel the bad. Right. So just keep me at a baseline. Okay. Does that make I sense? See. I see what you're saying. But in the long term, you think you're always thinking in the positive or like in the what if. It'll work out. Like what if it works out? What if I do this? What if I'm in that penthouse? What if I'm driving that fucking BMW X6M, that M8, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it takes the short term in order to appreciate the long. Does that make sense? Totally. And again, I struggle to find that balance. I'm either too short term and like I said about the storm, and it's just like the rain's just falling on me all the time. Or vice versa, I'm too naive. I'm too like positive future. Yeah. And then that puts too much pressure on the people I'm with or the job or what I'm doing. And then that causes more problems as well. Mm. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then what would you pick if you could only have one? If it was to experience everything in its fullest emotions or never... Have it. What would you pick? I'd experience the emotions all day. Yeah. And I am an emotional person, so it's not like I have a choice. <laughs> mm. Like, that's me. It's just hard sometimes, but then you got to realise nothing good comes easy. Have you ever been told it's not okay to be emotional? Not directly. I feel it sometimes. In what way? Like, I'm very, I'm very big on energy. Mm. Like, I can... The good and the bad, I can pick from people straight away. Yep. Some people, you just know, they look at it and they're like, oh, what the fuck is this guy doing, bro? But then that's when I kind of use my mind to be like, okay, this person doesn't have the maturity, the emotional intelligence to to see what's happening, yep. to meet me on that level. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to put me in a box. That's fine. Like, That's on them. Mm. But again... Sometimes I see it and I don't necessarily think that way. Sure. But I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, just give me it. When I give everything time, when I look back on my past experiences and I connect the dots, that has created my current position. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I look, I look back at like past friends and relationships in my life and what they introduced me to. Like whether it be like music taste or like like fancy restaurants and shit like that. And I look at it now, like before I was like, fuck, like what a waste of my time, blah, blah, blah. Or like I couldn't see the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Or like I was just so, what's the word? Not upset at it, but like so resent, like I had so much resentment towards it. Sure. But now I look at it, it like I said, like you said, it takes time to be able to like see why things happen. Mm. everything happens for a reason without those experiences i wouldn't be interacting with the people i interact today because a lot of those things that i used to do are the reason why i've connected with the people i'm with today yeah and without those connections i'd have a completely different friend group completely different outlook completely different life yeah 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 and again the seesaw of things the butterfly effect sometimes i look at it like and it sets me free Mm. Other times I look at it, it's like, fuck, if I did that one thing different, how different would it be? Wow. And I just, oh, like, I'm just always fighting myself. 
Do Wars you, at war. Do you have a moment that is like maybe a biggest sliding doors moment that you look back to? That is that. That's. Oh, the biggest one has to be going to Sydney. Really? The most pivotal one in your life? If I didn't go to Sydney, I wouldn't be here right now. You reckon you'd be able to have this chat? Because you'd still have that bladder problem? I'd either still have that feeling or I would have just gone down the wrong path or it would have just naturally figured itself out. But even if it still naturally figured itself out, I wouldn't have got that job. I wouldn't have had that relationship. I wouldn't have got my license at that time. And it's like one little difference, like in timing. Like you leave your house five minutes earlier, later. Your parents don't go out the night they meet. It's like none of this is fucking <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? Totally. So yeah, that's cool. Definitely Sydney though. Sydney was tough. So we've spoken about Sydney then. The circumstances around that. Yeah. How do you? And I'm not just saying this is a hypothetical. If you feel like answering it now in the moment, that'd be yeah. cool. But maybe people listening have their own experience like that where they've had a moment in time that's shifted their journey in life. Maybe they're in the middle of it right now listening to this. Maybe someone sent them this conversation. It's like, hey, this will help you change that. My almost challenge to you in hearing you describe that is like, how can you now in a – maybe it's not daily, maybe it's in a weekly environment, but it could be daily – how do you create the same circumstances in yeah. your day-to-day that takes you from the George now to a new plane? Not that it's all about just constant improvement. I'm very much an advocate for raising the bar and, and doing things in life. Yeah. But the idea that you have to constantly be better every single day, I think, isn't going to happen every single day. Yeah. You, can, you can do things, though, that give you that opportunity. Make that effort, too. Yeah, but maybe some days you're not going to be able to have a great, great day. And yeah. before you get to the answer, I'll just share. Like yesterday, bro, I felt so flat. I had a big weekend. Last week, I was feeling a little bit sick in my stomach. Never had that experience before. Like genuine, probably would have gone to the doctor, had it persisted a few more days. Yeah. Don't really like going to the doctor <laughs> if I don't have to, if it's not super urgent. Yeah. But if it had gone on, I probably would have gone and seen someone, but it's fine now. And touch wood, it doesn't come back anytime soon. But I was just like big weekend, some big workouts on the bike and running for these triathlons that I'm doing later in the year. And yesterday, bro, I was so flat. I played my first game of futsal though Sunday night, had a great time. And yesterday I was just exhausted. And it was just like, well, what were the things that I did? Well, my baseline now is at least I went for a walk, got outside. I did a bunch of work on things that I know I needed to do. Yeah. And it wasn't like a completely negative, detrimental day to what I'm overall trying to accomplish in this phase of my life. So I feel like I've created that circumstance for me, which I'm very grateful for. What do you feel that looks like for you? Yeah, now that you've just said that, like that baseline, I definitely struggle with the the routine and the discipline. Mm -hmm. Because like I had so much free time yeah. That I could just do whatever I wanted to. This is when you're in Sydney. Yeah. Well, even before Sydney, but yeah. I was sitting my ass one day watching NBA. <laughs> and then staying up till 4 a.m. watching the Premier League. Anyway. It's good though, but at the same time, it's funny. Like, I'm single. On the yeah. s- sorry, I'm actually not single. Yeah. I have a girlfriend. Come on, come on now. I'm, I have a girlfriend. I haven't said that on the podcast before. What I was going to say was, don't have any dependence in that, like, 
essentially my life is as free as it's ever going to be. Yeah. Right? So you have that as well. Yeah. You don't have kids. Yeah, but it's like these freedoms that we have right now. Yeah. In 10 years, we probably won't have them, bro. Yeah. So. And that's what I was like. When I had all that freedom, I was like, oh, I want all this stuff. Yeah. Now that I have it, it's like, fuck, I struggle to like maintain it all. Like I go to work, I work five, six days a week. I just struggle to have that discipline, that routine. Yeah. And like I was saying when I was in Sydney, get up, jits, gym, eat, read, PlayStation, read, pack it a pocky each night, chocolate, the best, <laughs> rinse, repeat, 30 days. I had that routine. I had that discipline. I had that baseline. Now it changes every day. Some days I work. Most days I work. Some days I don't. Some days I'll gym. Some days I don't. Some days I play tennis. Some days I don't. Some days I go out. Some days I don't. And it's hard to... Not that I don't like it because I'm very impulsive. I like to do a lot of different things. But I feel like the baseline of the routine for my mind is not the same as it was. Yeah. And I go back and compare it all the time but I've realized that nothing is ever the same twice as well. Sure. So sometimes I, use, sometimes I use where I'm at now as an excuse or like I use Sydney as an excuse. Like, oh, it was a lot easier then. Different environment, different thing. But it's like, no, because I'm the same person. Yeah. You make your environment. Not 100%, but 99%. Like yeah. you could change everything. Yeah. But sometimes I just use it as an excuse to kind of side with myself mm. and not that it's wrong but I need to be able to not find a balance but be able to still push through it mm. and I don't push through it sometimes like some days I do some days I don't but the inconsistency is not going to push me forward Yeah, and like you said you can't be better every day but I feel like most days I'm not trying to be better. Right. Because I just struggle with that like discipline routine. Yeah. Or one day it's like I push everything into the same day and the next day it's like, fuck. I'm just so run down that I can't. Yeah. I think it's about finding a baseline where it's still something that you would be happy doing every day if you could. Yeah. But then trying to push yourself. Like yesterday even though I felt super run down and exhausted, I was still able to have that. But I see that you are someone who's trying to create that for your life. Yeah. We were talking about you having this obsession with making sandwiches <laughs> last year, having all these photos on your phone. Yeah. But doing these little things, I think, is quite cool. You said you've grown up playing tennis. That's something where there's clearly a lot of interest, a lot of curiosity. Yeah. And Whether you me back in now as well. Right. So I think it's it's cool. Yeah, but that's, again, what I was saying about it, how it changes constantly. Mm -hmm. It's like I was making sandwiches, probably not the healthiest thing ever, but making sandwiches like four or five times a week. Like I'm in the kitchen making a mess, <laughs> just not caring about anything. Like I'm cooking, like I'm like, I'm treating it like it's a fucking art project. Like the, I'm buttering the bread, like I'm toasting it. Got everything out. I'm like systematically like placing it just to eat it in about 35 seconds. <laughs> but I go through phases where it's like I'll do that and then I'll just randomly stop it. 
and then I'll pick it back up and then I'll stop it and I'll pick something else up in the process and it's like why is that is it because I sabotage the good and I know that I do that sometimes as well people things relationships works like whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's like I reach a certain point it's like nope you're not allowed to go there just come down a little bit yeah and I guess it's probably a little bit of the fear as well it's like you're pretty good at this or like you can do this are you sure you want to like can you do it Mm. like what happens if you do it it doesn't work out like you're back at square one it's like I don't I like doing it but I don't like push it to the point where it's like I find out the end result because then if it's not what I want I'm back at square one yeah but then like you were saying before it's like okay but what if it does work out yeah what if you get the fucking shot what if you get the person what if you get the money what if you get the life it just doesn't the negative outcome when I reach that fear level is just completely just completely consumes yeah right how do you reckon you overcome it you've got some practices like the the journaling I'm pointing yeah. at the journal right now there's maybe some other things a lot of it is just the journal yeah the journal does help again I don't do the journal every day sure I wouldn't want to do it every day though I think we spoke about this last time as well it's like I don't like that that mundane routine yeah I like to be free I like to be flowing if I feel like I need a journal I'll journal yeah but how do I how do I fix that honestly I just think I need to keep being aware of it and then actively like seeing it when it happens yeah and slowly understanding why as well there's no point knowing it happens if you don't understand why it happens yeah it's like the whole thing it's like you can communicate all you want but if you're not being understood when you communicate what's the point mm. so I need to be able to understand like from my perspective realise why but understand why mm-hmm. and then implement that into all the areas and hopefully it works out <laughs> I like it, man. Yeah. Hopefully it does. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it will too. But it's fucking. It's hard, bro. We'll get there, though. We will. You will. I've enjoyed this chat. Thank you. I hope it's. I hope it's helped you. I hope it's helped people listening. I feel like it's helped me in certain areas. Yeah. Get a better understanding of of me in a selfish way. But get a definitely a better understanding of you as someone who I'm grateful. I feel like this is only like, like we haven't had that many chats. Yeah, like proper ones. Yeah. And I'm sitting here now as well. And I'm, again, I was talking about being complacent sometimes. Sure. I'm sitting here now. I don't know how long, what time is it? We've been here for about an hour and a bit. Hour and a half. I mean, <coughs> an hour and a half. Yeah. And that hour and a half recording plus that half an hour we were eating coffee our face with bagels that was, <laughs> I was in 90% of them but anyway plus the because I've been out all morning since 9 o'clock and what time is it now 2.30 two, yeah 2.20 what's that 5 and a half five hours, and half hours. Yeah. haven't had to go to the bathroom once amazing I haven't man. felt it once and I've been drinking water I've been fucking coughing the whole time as well <laughs> drinking water like I haven't felt the urge to go to the bathroom once it's a big win it's a fucking huge win bro it's good, man. But it takes the mo- it takes moments like this to be able to connect the dots and yeah. be appreciative of it. Yeah. Because I remember, like I was saying, that first interaction we had, mm. I could not sit there. And now I've sat here in your, the comfort of your house. 
Thank you for having me. You're welcome, bro. Done everything I have this morning, been out all day in my own car, driving myself from place to place and felt comfortable the whole time. It's good. Now I've got other problems to deal with, but that's life. Yeah. Things come. Things what is it? Do. More money, more problems? More Bigger. money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> I like when money makes a difference, but they make you different. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I feel like this is a good place to wrap up. There's yeah. a few things I'd just love to finish with. Let's do it. But one of them is sort of the smaller version of a question that I do like to give to guests. But yeah. what is... What does a year look like for you? Like if you could project in the future, we've yeah. talked a lot about, I feel, this period from maybe when you were like 18 to now, like yeah. the last four years, but a lot has happened for you in a positive light in the past 12 months since yeah. that trip to Sydney. What does the next year look like? Are you planning another trip? Are you going to try to build that here at home? What does it look like for you? What are you working Again, on? that's another thing that just chops and changes like everything else in my life. What do I want it to look like though? Obviously, I say money, but I know that's not everything I want. And I feel like like it was easier for me to say I didn't want money when I didn't have money. But now that I have it, when I'm getting it, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's get some more. Because before, when I couldn't work, I was just very like, like everything's all spiritual, everything's all energy, blah, blah, blah. I realized to a certain extent now you need money to kind of live your life. Sure. So keep working, keep progressing. Find someone, hopefully, that, knock on wood, that meets meets me halfway, like you said, that reciprocates my energy, that calms me down and brings me peace. That's a, that's a big thing for me. Nice. I like to feel that peace. I, ne- I need that peace. I would like to move out as well. Mm-hmm. Again, I've thought about it. I've made the steps to do it. And then it's like something or someone comes along where it kind of, it's like a roadblock, roadworks. Yeah. But that vision like hasn't changed. Like when I take a step back and properly analyze things, Yeah. I still want to move out. I still want to progress. I still want to find the person, have the family, have all that stuff. Yeah. It's just clouded sometimes, but yeah, we'll see where we are in 12 months and, Hopefully it's a good 12 months. Amen, brother. Well, that sort of leads into, yeah, the the bigger framing of the question. Yeah. And I'd definitely like to reverse it when it's with someone as young as you, 22 this <laughs> lifetime. If you could give advice to your 62-year-old self, so 40 years in the future, yeah, what would you like to, to say to them? Any words that maybe if I was to clip this and play it back in 40 years, hopefully you've you know, live to it, but also can then choose to implement it into your life. What would you like to say? To my 60-year-old self? Yeah. I just hope I've said yes to everything I wanted to. Gone after everything I wanted. Not let the fear, like, dictate me. Mm. Because we've spoken about it before. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of things. Me as a person, I feel like I'm very, what's the word? Aware, switched on, have some things about me that are different or that I can use in my favour. Yep. I need to find a way to harness that and I need to be able to harness that. I need to like let life be beautiful. What's the saying? It's like 
life is amazing when you get out of your own way. Mm. Like I need to just take a step back, break it down, like not let the fear control me and do everything I want to do. I hope I have. Beautiful. Because I don't want to be 60 and live with regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate this chat. That was a- beautiful. Any final thoughts you'd like to say before I let you go? Not really. That was fucking... Old me would have been very scared to sit here right now. Yeah. New me is not scared to sit here. feel like I sound stupid, but it is what it is. I've had a good talk. It's been fun. Has been. Do it again sometime. Absolutely, brother. Thank you, bro. I'll leave it there. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And there it is, another episode of the Hope Initiative. Thank you all for listening, almost an hour and a half there. Thank you again as well, a massive thank you to George for fronting up, taking the time, mate. I really appreciate you and look forward to all of the creative projects that you have coming to fruition, maybe not immediately, but at some point in your life. You're a very creative dude and I have a lot of admiration for you, brother. So keep it up and thank you all for listening. As always, links show notes all of those things you can find as well as supporting the podcast subscribe and follow wherever you find us and as always keep creating your life and all the very best